Hi, and welcome to the 4th U Dimension Podcast. My name is Ember Kelly, and I'm the Director of Religious Education at the 4th Universalist Society. This October, we've been thinking about cultivating relationships. And so in today's podcast, I'm excited to sit down with Errol King de los Santos to talk about what it means to cultivate relationships as a site of liberation. Uh, and I'm just so excited for this podcast, and I hope you listeners stay tuned and check it out. Errol, it's so great to get to sit down with you today. Hi, Amber. Thanks for having me. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself to any of our listeners who may not have heard from you before? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Errol De Los Santos. I use he, him pronouns, and I am a seminarian under the care of the Fourth Universal Society. And um, see, I'm a first-year divinity student at Union Theological. <laughs> and uh, I live right here in Harlem. Yes, and I would make a quick plug that just a few podcasts back uh, for Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, Errol delivered a really great uh, message, which is saved in podcast form on our podcast feed. So um, highly recommend going back and checking that one out if you're listening to this one. Yeah, thanks um, for that. It was good. It was good. So that was why I was really excited that we got to sit down again to talk. Um, I suppose since you did remember your pronouns, I forgot to say mine during my introduction of myself. I use she and her pronouns for any listeners who may not have heard me mention that in a previous podcast. So cultivating relationship. Uh, I, I think hopefully maybe some people have watched our educational video that was on our YouTube. Uh, and in that, I kind of talked a little bit about just like how relationships are really an important part of our lives. But what I really wanted to talk about with you tonight was this idea that like relationships can be a source of liberation in our lives. Um, mm. Cutting off relationships can be a source of liberation in our lives. Having healthy relationships can be a source of relationship. There's so many ways that, that relationships can really be this site of liberation. I'm kind of curious some of the ways that you see uh, relationships being these, these sites of liberation in your life. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I feel like uh, first and foremost, I needed to cultivate a, a deep relationship with myself. And that is, you know, practicing a lot of self-care and um, participating in communities of care where, um, you know, we check in on each other, listen to each other's needs and help support each other. Um, because it is in community that we experience a lot of self-care. Um, also, I am part of, and I think I just mentioned this to um, one of my mentors today, a three different spiritual communities. And my relationship with each one is very unique and um, offer um, a lot of ways I can freely express myself, um, uh, receive support and um, challenge myself to, uh, to be focused on a mission of um, participating in dismantling these systems of oppression. So those are the ways that community has helped me um, find liberation. What about you, Ember? Well, I was gonna say, uh, I, it seems we have a similar experience with a, with a gotta catch them all 
attitude of faith communities. <laughs> uh, I am a chronic uh, having my, my feet in multiple faith communities, multiple denominations, multiple uh, worlds at the same time. So that, uh, that resonated. And I also, as you talked about self-care, I, I made sure to take a sip of tea myself. I was like, oh, self-care, this is important. I should be thinking about this. But yeah, so community is this place that can really help us grow. Like it's, it's such a beautiful thing to, to really hit on. Um, you know, I, I think about uh, chosen family as like a, a really liberating as, as a trans woman with uh, somewhat of a rocky uh, family of origin relationship. Um, mm -hmm. not, not completely cut off, but um, not always 100% the way that I would dream of it to be. Um, chosen family has been a real uh, source of like uh, beauty in my life of having friends that I can call my kids aunts and uncles um, because they're they really truly are family to us um, mm. and being able to connect with people so deeply um, and to feel so seen and valued and held can can be just so important to like any any person's life like that that love and care that we can provide for each other um, is something so deep and so needed for, for our human experience that so many of us lack because of the way that our world is structured to, to tear that kind of relationship building away and apart often. Mm -hmm. Have you um, had similar experience or any, any experiences with having chosen family play a, have a really important role in, in your life? Yes, and I'm fortunate enough to have been born into a family that um, really loves and supports me. And so in the way that they've chosen me, I've chosen them back. And um, of course, uh, expanding my, um, my circle of friends and uh, my family to include uh, my partner um, and my cat <laughs> and the people in the neighborhood and things like that. So um, at and then the people where I work, um, which is another spiritual community that I'm very in touch with and uh, who, um, who just recently told me how proud they were of me. And uh, I, you know, <laughs> it makes me so happy to be in those communities um, because I'm also very proud of them because they're undergoing um, some major transitions. Um, so yeah, chosen family is so important. It's important. Those those relationships really don't just liberate you; they sustain you, and um, like you said, um, help you uh, fill out, like feel the experience of being human um, in a deep way. Right. Well, you know these these work. Or you mentioned work relationships, and um, while some with both of us talking, we do a lot of work in spiritual communities. But in the past, I. I worked in retail, I worked in education abroad. Um, neither of these are very explicitly um, spiritual communities, but like even working in retail, like I remember um, just like the beauty of making some amazing connections with people and getting to, to hear about their lives and getting to care for and support each other uh, through the challenges that life brought us. You know, even, even just in working retail was just a real joy in my life. And at a time when I was a little bit unsure about my ministry calling like that it and that I was unsure that the church any church would would ever really have me 
uh, or that I'd ever really feel like I belonged at church, like that it still felt that I was able to do some level of ministry and some level of care by having these, these deep and important relationships with others. And even uh, it was someone from work uh, in Vietnam who became very much like, uh, like family to me. And you know, these, these relationships can shape and change your life uh, in a lot of ways. Like I, I often say that I, I don't know that I would have ended up in this position if, if it wasn't for the friends that I made in, in Vietnam who believed in me and who helped me like gain a lot of confidence in myself. Uh, because I, I think I would have said, oh, this, this, this job, that's, that's out of my league. <laughs> um, but because they had helped me build this confidence in myself, uh, that was something that helped me be able to push myself to grow because in this relationship, they were providing me this, this nurturing energy of saying, hey, you, you are good. <laughs> like, it's okay to believe in yourself. Um, yeah, and you know, uh, and with my previous work relationships, um, uh, there were there were environments where I needed to keep work separate from from my personal life. But there are also situations where work has so um, that it's such a great source for, of relationships because you're providing care for a community, right? No matter what you do, no matter where you are, no matter who you're servicing. Um, I, I, at the time, was in healthcare, so it, it demanded a specific type of care and love and developing and cultivating relationships that, um, that really affect people's lives. So no matter what you are, or where, what you do and uh, where you are, um, you always have an opportunity to make meaningful relationships, like uh, even at work. So it's, it's great that you brought that up. Right. And as, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about uh, the way that um, this last year has taught us about like building relationships online um, in, in such a different uh, context than many of us were used to in terms of how to build relationships that uh, for a lot of fourth universalists, I, I only knew them at, at on, in a digital form before, um, like for the first whole year of my job. Um, digital relationships, uh, something we've all suddenly had to get a lot more uh, interested in thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other areas I think that it can really shape things is like activism work. Um, you know, I think people like to talk about mutual aid. It's kind of become like this real hip term, like, oh, what are, what are you doing? Uh, we're doing some mutual aid. I feel like everybody's just like, um, you know, like, it's almost up there with self-care in terms of the, the terms that people seem to just kind of apply to a little bit of everything. Um, I'm providing mutual aid, but it really gets at something that's really important, I think, in, in our activism work, like in, in work that's working to shape change in our world, is that if you're not building your relationships as part of that, that that's a struggle. Um, what ways have you seen relationship really manifest in, in beneficial ways in like justice work? Mm. Um, well, uh, what really inspired me to um, be involved in spiritual community is the, um, uh, the, the role of church and what it played in the civil rights movement here in America. Right, it created focal points for meetings and rallies, and and um, it provided community for people to support each other. 
right? And a common cause and a common goal, right? So uh, activism, activism work and uh, community is, is so intertwined, you know? Um, you can affect a lot of change and by uh, being part of a community and building relationships there. And um, also it's really important not to be out on your own when you're doing activism work. You have to be part of a community or an organization so that you're not out there, you know, fighting the good fight alone and no one's supporting you. Activism work is very demanding. Um, it requires a lot of care for yourself and for the community and for the people you're fighting for. So um, I think being um, part of an organization, being part of a community is so vital in that work. Oh, most definitely that you need that. Uh that support um, to help you not, not get, uh, I think a lot of it, I've done a lot of individual activism in my life and it, it burns you out quick. Um, yeah. Being a part of a community, being part of a team, being part of an organization really helps uh, give, give some longevity to, to that sort of energy. Um, for sure, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, um, that like, one of the things that we learned with this pandemic is that um, you know, as somebody who casually browsed like doomsday prepper sort of videos uh, pre-pandemic, um, yeah. yes, you know, perhaps they were appreciative of having tons of toilet paper saved up. Yes, perhaps they were appreciative of having a few extra things prepared. But what the pandemic ultimately showed us was that like when push comes to shove, it's like community that's gonna, that's gonna support us and gonna bring us together. Like, Yes, you can lone wolf it, but um, community, like, so getting to know our neighbors, getting to know our neighborhood, getting to know what's going on very locally to us um, versus, you know, the very typical American, I guess, even city setup, um, which I guess New York doesn't quite have as much, but um, of, of suburbia where your life is separate from like the city and everything's all disconnected. Um, but the, getting to understand our neighborhood, getting to understand where we live, getting to understand who the people are around us. I want to add to that. Um, one of the first um, services that I had seen come out of the pandemic, and it was a free service, it was a volunteer service. It was um, young people getting together and making sure that they are, um, that they first have groceries and those groceries go to, um, people who are immunocompromised or elderly, people who cannot get out of their apartment. And they did this all for free. And they um, it's because they valued their community, right? They, they know that this is going to go a long way. It, it's going to, um, by taking care of the community and taking care of those um, uh, populations that are vulnerable in the neighborhood, uh, they are actually contributing to this larger, um, this larger form of support. And um, and that builds relationships too, right? Like, uh, and I remember seeing this and being absolutely just, you know, my heart was warm, <laughs> but also it shows that people care about their community and that it's really, it, and they provide value uh, to their community and they value other people in the community, no matter what they're able to, um, no matter what they're able to do, uh, no matter what they're able to get out of it. Um, they know that contributing to the community ends up helping them in the long run. So um, 
that's just something to add to that experience. It's uh, it was something else. Definitely, uh, it reminds me of. Uh, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it was TikTok. Um, you know, I'd like to pretend it was Facebook or Instagram or some other social media, but I'm gonna be real about where my time is spent lately. I'm guessing it was TikTok, um, and there was something going around, basically saying like, if you can quote X, Y, and Z about theory. Uh, but you don't know who, uh, like how many kids might live in your neighborhood or how many elderly folks might live in your neighborhood. Like what's, what's the point of the theory of what, you know, um, while I may have, I, I think that the theory that I, learning the ideas can help us not make those same mistakes. That's mm. what we're talking about with, with getting involved with an organization can kind of help you not make those same mistakes. But still, I think that's really true. Like that if we, if we don't understand the community right around us, then like, what are we, what are we doing? Um, like what you, if you can't, like we, we love to make ideas be big, huge, complicated things, but to make that change, we've got to start on that grassroots on our, in our daily life sort of level. That's right. That's right. And I mean, thinking about like RE, thinking about the work I do at Forth, like that, I think that's why it's so important to, like, as you were talking about this, this work to like that young folks checking in on elderly folks at the start of the pandemic. It's why like intergenerational connections are so important um, yes. in our communities. Um, like that's uh, it's something that uh, really all religious communities struggle with. Some some have like you know figured out the magical solution, but most of us are working on it. Uh, and I think it's something that's usually always in work because as soon as you maybe get a solution, then the generations change and you got to refigure out the dynamics. Um, but it's so important for us to be cultivating those relationships because it's we we need to get to know those who have experience but they need to also hear from us to hear how things have changed and to understand the difference okay. have you had any good intergenerational kind of uh community experiences um most of the spiritual communities that i've um been a part of are are pretty um on the elderly side and um, I know with Jill Navinsky over at Community Church, one of her projects, yeah, well, I'm gonna plug this because I, I love you, Jill, if you're listening. <laughs> um, she facilitated this thing called, um, uh, oh, wait, no, no, hold on. It, 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 it was mostly a dialogue between the elderly people in the community and the younger people in the community, right? Like what, brought you to church? What is it you love about church? What is it that you know that uh, just facilitate community in general, right? And that opens up these ideas for, um, for younger people in the community to um, absorb and to kind of um, open their eyes to what it was like um, during the time um, when people first started coming into like that faith community, a specific faith community. And she did this all online, right? Like it, they recorded voices and um, recorded questions and um, uh, the elderly people in the community spoke about their stories, you know, what this church was built on, what kind of justice work they did. And that serves as inspiration and, um, and knowledge and wisdom, and now archived in the banks of uh, CCNY. Um, 
And that was an intergenerational exchange, right? And that served the purpose in community that helped to build it up and support it. And, um, and uh, I just thought it was excellent work. And uh, that's one way I've witnessed intergenerational um, uh, relationships being born um, and supporting community. Yes, uh, we'll make sure to, I'll make sure to pass this along to Jill. Um, but I, I, I was hearing about that as well. Um, and it, I mean, that just sounds like such a beautiful example of, of generations getting to work together. And I think it also gets at something that you and I were discussing as we were preparing for this conversation, which was uh, the importance of mentoring as like a, a, a liberatory relationship. Like a lot of times uh, mentoring can be much more of the unpaid internship type of experience for a lot of people, um, especially in the United States and especially in a big city like New York City. Uh, mentoring can become a, uh, okay, well, I need you to do all these tasks for me and I will mentor you, quote unquote. Um, but mentoring can be such a, a, a liberatory experience for these young people to hear from the older people, for people who have been in activism for like a decade this, or multiple decades to share what they have learned in those times so that people who are younger can um, have some have some wisdom for the uh, how has mentoring been uh, liberatory in your life? Sure. So um, there are there have been a lot of mentors in my life and they've all um, at that point in my life have taught me something to, um, to help me grow. Um, there is one mentor in my life currently that um, mentors me not in a direct way, but models ministry for me in a way that I can follow, I can understand, and um, I can be sympathetic to, and I can love. Um, and uh, this person, his name is Reverend Chris Long. Uh, he's the pastoral care, a uh, minister of pastoral care programming over a community, and uh, he does um, he does things with intention and with love and with care in his heart, and that's something I aspire to. Um, so I, I look to him and to see how he carries out his ministry, and I learn from it. And that is, that is one way um, people mentor because people can mentor in a direct way, but they can, but by just doing what they're doing, they are able to, um, to touch a lot of people's lives and um, provide examples of good behavior um, in their um, industry, in their wheelhouse, whatever. Um, and I also am familiar with this concept. Um, Eric Erickson's one of the final stages of, um, of uh, being able to pass on your knowledge to a younger generation or to um, kind of hold it in within yourself and then it stops there. But when you do that, it doesn't continue. Um, but when it's moved on to uh, another generation, there's an opportunity for it to grow and flourish. And even if you don't get to the goal of your life's work or your life's mission, um, it can actually carry on into several generations later and can, act, can be built on 
and until it grows into something that is that's beautiful and and, and uh, that can actually make an impact. Um, so uh, those are two ways I see um, mentorship in my life and how um, and the good that can come from it. Um, what about you, Ember? Well, that makes me think. I wanna I wanna say it was um, Reverend Jill Bowden over here at Fourth uh, that. Um, we, we were talking for one of our podcast recordings for the follow-up on a, on a service, talking mm. about this idea that, that, you know, realizing that activism, realizing this justice work, realizing that this work of our lives, like you were talking about, that a lot of it is marathons, like that this is, we need to hand it off to the next generation because like, they're going to have to keep it going. Um, and um, I think that's really true, like that we, we have to be willing um, to pass things on. I mean, uh, as I say that, I think about how I'm currently working on a document that just explains um, what I do on Sundays so that I can, if I need to take a day off, that, that I have this nice document. Um, like, we, we should never feel that we can't pass on what we're learning, what we're doing, what we're knowing uh, to others. That should be, I think, just good practice for all of us. Um, I think, you know, I, I joke that that fourth universalist likes me more than I like myself sometimes, um, for better or for worse. <laughs> but I just feel so believed in like the way that people uh, go out of their way to, to say nice things. And Reverend Schuyler has been great to really support me and to make me feel like I'm, I'm doing good in the midst of like the most challenging time to start a new job. Uh, and I've had so many ministers uh, like uh, I've I've been pursuing ordination in the United Church of Christ for a while. Um, I think around like year six now. Um, but my mentor continues to be like, okay, Ember, so like, let's get this finished. Like, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm supporting you. What do you need? How can I help? I mean, that's such a, like, it's so encouraging to like have that, how, to know that someone believes in you enough to like say like, hey, you may have your doubts about like ministry and like fair, like the church has hurt you, but also I still believe that you have these gifts that need to be shared. And I, like, that's so powerful um, to have, have that person that believes in you. And I think that's, you know, uh, as pe when people have privilege, being able to use that, leverage that privilege to like help uh, mentor those with less privilege. Um, mm -hmm. But really just, I think so many of us can, use the knowledge we have to like help raise everybody up you know look look down the ladder below you and see who you can help up uh, versus like cutting off the ladder below you and saying haha like have fun trying to get up to my level um <laughs> you know or what is it rising tide uh... um i think it's all tide all tides raise all ships tides all high tide raises all ships or something Ooh. To, to our listeners, we were debating this beforehand. <laughs> uh, I think it's a rising tide raises all ships. Yes, yes, I think that's it. Leave us but an answer in the comments, listeners. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but you know, like it's true that that the if if we individual success is great, it's wonderful. But uh, I mean, I just get so much reward out of watching others succeed who have helped. Um, at some point in their life, like that's such a it's such a rewarding feeling. Uh, 
and you have to like you have to re keep remembering right like by supporting other people you're also supporting yourself you're like you're also supporting your community by supporting other people um and um providing mentorship to a person can actually help support your own activism and your own um organizations um for years and years to come even after you so uh, that's such an important thing to remember. So, uh, well, I almost called you Reverend Errol. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm getting ready in advance. Um, so One day. <laughs> I look forward to having you back on the podcast when that day is when that day is here. Um, but uh, Errol, is there any kind of final closing thoughts that you want to share as we as we wrap up the podcast? That. Uh, of moments that relationships have been liberating in your life? Mm. Um, I will say that um, the more relationships you have and cultivate and the more um, communities that you're a part of, it really expands your um, ideas and thoughts and um, offers different ways to tackle problems and, um, and open new paths for you. Uh, so in, in getting outside of that individualism has a lot of, um, has a lot of advantages. Um, so always think about what communities you're a part of, um, even if you're not like intentionally part of an organization or you know, a faith community, um, you're always part of a community no matter where you are, even if you're a single person living in an apartment building of like 300, you are a part of that community. Um, so it's uh, it, always try to consider what communities you're um, a part of and what relationships you can build and, um, and be intentional. Errol, thank you so much for that wisdom. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Uh, it's really thanks been yeah, great to have you today. And thanks as always to all of our listeners. Uh, we, we appreciate you and hope that you figure out the correct quote and uh, leave it for us <laughs> in, in a comment. We, we would appreciate that. Uh, and that's our way to know that you've listened all the way till the end. <laughs> thanks so much. Thank you.